Hey everyone, it's Bina007 back with a 10-minute movie review of two films released in the UK this weekend. Both of them played the BFI London Film Festival. The first is Faux and the second is The Pigeon Tunnel. So Faux is a film that is really well acted, it's well directed, but the story isn't really worth the candle. And I think the problem is, is that it's advertised as a sort of sci-fi film set in a dystopian climate ravaged near future but it's really just a relationship drama about a middling bad marriage where the people involved have just drifted apart which is not to say you can't make very good films about bad marriages uh, let's just look at Noah Baumbach's 2019 marriage story or you know the entirety of Ingmar Bergman and Woody Allen but Faux is not one of those great films it's written and directed by Garth Davis, who also made the film Lion, starring Nicole Kidman. He has no track record in writing sci-fi, and I think that comes across sadly in this film. The other thing is, is I'm not sure he's interested in writing sci-fi. <laughs> he is adapting a book by Ian Reid, um, which maybe is better. I don't know. I haven't read it. And it stars Saoirse Ronan, who is a phenomenal actress, most recently seen in Greta Gerwig's Little Women. She plays Hen, who is the wife, and she is married to Junior, who is played by Paul Mescal. He seems to be everywhere, right? But most recently in the film, All of Us Strangers. They live on this sort of desolate farm in the middle of nowhere. This is a dystopian future where extreme climate has rendered water very, very scarce. And the entire landscape is just desolate. So basically, the government of the day decides that they've just given up on living on Earth and they want to create effectively permanent habitation in the space station. And they're drafting young men who are healthy and fit to go live in this space station for a couple of years to see if it works, to see if the climate kind of ravages their body up there. And so a government inspector comes to the house. It's obviously the first person these two have seen in years. And they're very suspicious and says, look, we're going to take Junior away. But while we do so, we're going to leave an AI version of him, a Cylon. <laughs> and in order for this to work, the real Junior and the real Hen are going to have to tell the Cylon all of their memories so that he can behave as the real husband. So that is basically the setup of this film. And then we sort of take it forward and see what happens to their relationship. I think the problem I have with this film is that it's very leisurely. It's very slow. It is a relationship drama. The two leads are very good actors, but I just think that there's not really any tension. There aren't any stakes. It's not like one has cheated on the other. There's no real drama here. It's just two people who are basically okay drifting apart. And that's just not enough to fill a two-hour running time. And I also think that where the film sort of gets into sci-fi and gets into the issues of what is an AI Cylon replacement and can you fall in love with one and how near can they imitate being a human? All of these issues have been better dealt with in Ronald D. Moore's Battlestar Galactica remake in far more nuanced sophistication and with far more darkness. And if you're not going to go there and really get into the sci-fi of it, you're just left with a tale as old as time, or at least as old as 
Martin Guerre, better known to Western audiences as that awful Richard Gere film, Summersby. So I just feel this is very worn, very trodden ground. The sci-fi stuff isn't really done with enough depth. And then at the end, you get a sort of final act, sort of revelation of the plot mechanics, which I think are very guessable. So what can I say? I think this is a really well-acted film that's kind of wasted on a bad story. And um, the crew is also very good. I loved the cinematographer Matthias Erdely's sepia-toned interiors and all the droughtscape exteriors. I mean, some of the landscape photography here is really beautiful. And I also really love the score by Oliver Coates, Park Jiha and Agnes Obel. So it's just so annoying that the writing does not live up to everything else that's being thrown at this endeavour. And I actually got pretty bored watching this film. So Faux has a running time of 110 minutes. It's rated R. It opened in the USA on October 6th and in the UK this weekend. So you can go see it in cinemas now. The second film under discussion also played the London Film Festival. It's called The Pigeon Tunnel. And it's one that I approached with real interest. It's a documentary made by Errol Morris, who has to be one of the preeminent documentarians of our time. He's made films like The Fog of War and The Thin Blue Line, just really phenomenal investigations of contemporary politics and ethics. The film The Pigeon Tunnel takes as its subject the British spy novelist John le Carré, who has sadly passed away now. And it's, I cannot exaggerate what an influence John le Carré has had on my life. I love his novels, these Cold War spy thrillers that are gritty and seamy and kind of the opposite of James Bond. And although my avatar name is Bina 007, it's kind of an in-joke because I hate James Bond. And I love John le Carré. He was, in fact, such an influence on my life that I chose my Oxford college on the fact that he went there. <laughs> and the guy who partly inspired George Smiley, his key, his key character, was based on a fellow at that college. So I love the work of John le Carré. I know a lot about his life. And I think the problem with this documentary is I don't know why it would be of interest to someone who doesn't know the works of John le Carré. But if you know the works of John le Carré, you probably know everything that's in the documentary. Because unfortunately, in real life, um, David Cornwall, as the author was actually known, as much as I love his work, was a bit of a shit. <laughs> and he had a sort of, when he was alive, he'd authorised a biography of himself by a chap called Adam Sisman. And when that biography was prepared and he read it, he said, look, mate, please, can you just leave out all the stuff that's about infidelity? And David Cornwall was a serial, serial adulterer. He loved the game of espionage with women and, you know, arguably was a bit of a sex addict. So Adam Sisman published his biography, but left out all the stuff about sex and then was told he could publish the remaining bits after John le Carré died. But it seems that David Cornwall resented giving up the narrative control of his life story to Adam Sisman. And so just as he was publishing the original biography, um, John le Carré then published his own autobiography called The Pigeon Tunnel, upon which this documentary is based. So it was kind of like a massive spoiler of Adam Sisman's biography. And then, now that he's passed away, Adam Sisman is bringing out literally this week a book, which is the remainder of all the sex life stuff that he couldn't put in first time. 
And, not uncoincidentally, Errol Morris is bringing out his film of The Pigeon Tunnel. So it feels that both in life and in death, David Cornwall had a need to control the narrative and to spoil those who tried to get at the reality of the story. And so what you get in this documentary is very much a sanitized version of David Cornwall's life, which is made up of very well-rehearsed, very charismatic, very entertaining anecdotes that those of us who know him and have seen his interviews will have heard a million times. There is literally nothing new here. There is no extra insight. And it's really tremendously disappointing. And where I thought it might have been interesting was to see him rehearse these anecdotes and see his face and see his reactions and see if something came through in that. But even then, we don't get the joy of that because Errol Morris keeps showing us like fictionalized recreations of the anecdotes that David Cornwall is narrating, which is really frustrating. I loved all the genuine documentary evidence, so the photographs and the old interviews, but I could do without the recreations. So what is the story of David Cornwall slash John le Carre? For those of you who don't know it, broadly speaking, he was raised in a post-war England by a father who was a fraudster, ended up in prison and there's a serial bankrupt, and a mother who left him when he was fined for another man. And as a result, you have in David Cornwall's own world, word, a man who only knows pretense, doesn't know the reality, only knows fraud and deception and is adept at it himself. And you'll see that through the rest of his life, both in the fact that as a very young man, he was recruited to spy on his fellow students at Oxford. And later then, after being a schoolteacher, entered the secret services of the United Kingdom. He left those secret services and started becoming a spy novelist and was immediately ludicrously successful commercially and carried on being hugely adulterous. He loved deception. He loved fraud. And he talks a lot in the documentary about other people. And you can tell it's also applicable to him. What is interesting in this story is that he doesn't mention his time at the University of Bern. I wonder why, self-editing. Um, he mentions very late on the spying at Oxford. Um, he talks about Kim Philby a lot in this documentary, which is interesting. And I do find both Graham Greene and David Cornwall interesting on the Cambridge spies and the concept of treason in general. He describes Kim Philby as being addicted to betrayal. And I think that's probably also true of John le Carre in, in his own life and in his own sexual relations. But then he's very clear ethically on Philby and says there is such a thing as evil. And that was like literally the one interesting thing I wrote down in this documentary, having watched it. So I would say The Pigeon Tunnel is very disappointing. It is not up to Errol Morris's greater works. If you've never heard of John le Carre or have heard of him, maybe you're reading the Mick Heron Slow Horses books and want to know about the grandfather of post-war spy fiction, then by all means watch it, because you will get the kind of sanitized, um, approved John le Carre self-autobiography. If you do know about John le Carre, I think this is genuinely one to miss, which is tremendously sad to say. The Pigeon Tunnel is rated PG-13 and has a running time of 92 minutes. It played Telluride Toronto in the BFI London Film Festival, and was released this weekend, both on limited release in cinemas, which there's no need to see it in a cinema, and on TV, on Apple TV+. Plus. If you choose to watch it, I'd be fascinated if you do find it interesting. Please reach out, leave a, leave a comment or a message on bina007.com. Thank you for listening. 